This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, soulmates. We have plenty to discuss on this Friday. Welcome to Fox Soul's Black Report. I'm the Cordelide Corte. Courtney Hicks has the day off. Topping our news today, former President Donald Trump acknowledged keeping undisclosed classified military information during a 2021 meeting. This is according to a CNN-obtained transcript. And now there are new charges against the former president. Naya Rivera has the latest. Twice impeached former President Donald Trump is making history once again, this time with new criminal charges leveled against him that could complicate his bid for the White House. I'm an innocent man. I'm an innocent person. Former President Donald Trump says he's been indicted again, but this time on federal charges in connection to his retention of classified documents while out of office. This is the first federal indictment of a former president. This is warfare for the law. The decision comes after a months-long investigation led by a special counsel appointed by Attorney General Merrick Garland. Trump's facing at least seven counts related to document handling and obstruction of justice. This is something that for me was expected, but is nevertheless in, in a whole bunch of ways really kind of breathtaking. The FBI raided Trump's Mar-a-Lago home in Palm Beach, Florida last summer. Agents found hundreds of documents marked classified. It was a rush uh, to get him indicted. You know, you look at the other cases, compare this to Hunter Biden's case, Joe Biden's case, Vice President Pence's. Despite the legal controversies, Trump is still the 2024 Republican frontrunner, and he could be up against President Joe Biden again, whose administration is trying to convict Trump. Other Republican candidates already in the race are throwing Trump's support amid the indictment. His former running mate, Mike Pence, now his competition in a growing GOP field, says an indictment is unfitting. I think it would send a terrible message to the wider world. Trump faces a criminal case in New York City and another investigation out of Georgia over potential election interference. The former president has been ordered to appear in federal court in Miami Tuesday. President Biden is also under investigation for his handling of classified documents. In Washington, Mather Rivera, Fox News. And right before this broadcast, uh, the Donald Trump indictment was unsealed, revealing that the U.S. president faces 37 criminal charges in the Mar-a-Lago case. Uh, the indictment reads that Trump stored classified documents in a ballroom, a bathroom and shower, an office space, his bedroom and storage room. The indictment also writes that Trump described a Pentagon plan of attack and shared classified maps related to a military operation. And so, you know, this is an extraordinary case. This is uncharted territory. We have never been here uh, before as a country, as was mentioned uh, in the story before. You know, this is a first for a former U.S. president. Uh, and uh, just last night, I had a chance to, to talk about this on KBLA Talk 1580 with Ariba Martin in real time. Uh, when that indictment dropped. Uh, and one of the things I said last night is the same thing I'll say today. This signals really turbulent times for our country to come. You know, this is uh, going to be uh, very topsy-turvy, especially as we are heading into the 2024 election cycle. Uh, but what is good about this and what signaled this since the rest of the world is that the rule of law prevailed. The rule of law held up. Uh, the fact that a former president, even a former president, is not above the law, uh, that sends an important signal to, to democracies around the world that are much younger uh, than ours. And so uh, this story uh, is developing. We'll continue to track it. But moving along, in a recent interview, former Marine Daniel Penny attempts to justify placing Jordan Neely in a fatal chokehold for nearly 15 minutes. Penny claims that if he hadn't taken action, the unarmed black man would have killed somebody. 
The incident occurred on May 1st when Neely died on a subway after an interaction with Penny. Penny admits that his attack was influenced by human rights activist Eli Wiesel, stating that, quote, good people did nothing. Despite facing up to 15 years in prison for second-degree manslaughter, Penny rationalizes his actions by expressing fear for the safety of others on the train. Mm. Look, you know, I have said this on, on the Black Report. Uh, Courtney and I have talked about this at length. It's hard to believe somebody that holds somebody in a chokehold for 15 minutes didn't intend to kill anybody. Uh, and what's so terrible here is, you know, he singled out Jordan Neely uh, as being a threat. You know, Jordan Neely was on the train. Jordan Neely, you know, was hungry. Uh, he was unhoused. Uh, and, you know, we've got to take a serious look at stories like this because, you know, if we allow for people to engage in vigilante behavior where they get to choose whether or not somebody poses a threat to them or a threat to people on a public train simply because uh, they may be having a mental health episode, if we allow this to stand, uh, then we're really going to be in even more uncharted territory. Uh, this uh, story is disturbing. I'm disturbed by it. You should be disturbed by it, soulmates. Uh, you know, so many of us frequent public transportation. We're in public places. You know, we encounter folks that are unhoused, folks that are homeless. You know, and, you know, if we allow for this kind of vigilante behavior to go unchecked, you know, then, you know, be, be clear, you know, who is that going to impact? There are a lot of folks across this country that are unhoused that look a lot like us, that are in community with us. And so uh, we'll continue to track that story as well. A Yale study reveals that off-duty police officers in the United States kill black men at higher rates compared to white and Hispanic counterparts. The study analyzed 242 incidents from 2013 to 2021 and found that 40% of victims were black men, while white men accounted for 25.2% and Hispanic men 11.2%. Researchers also found that off-duty officers often escalated confrontations and concealed information in lethal cases. They call for greater transparency, federal guidance on off-duty interventions, and comprehensive media coverage. The study highlights the need for action to address this concerning disparity in off-duty policing. And, you know, we often on this show talk about the training. Typically, when there is some sort of officer involved anything, one of the first things that we hear elected officials talk about, one of the first things that we hear you know, sort of defenders of law enforcement uh, talk about is the training. Well, maybe we just need to invest in more training. Well, in this case, what did more training get us? What did more training get us? You know, because if, if the on-duty police officers, you know, aren't um, acting in ways that uh, that exists to protect and preserve black humanity, then how can we expect off-duty police officers to do that same? And by the way, I'm not saying that every officer is a bad apple, that every officer, you know, doesn't intend to protect and serve, but I'm saying that this is systemic, and that Yale study uh, confirms how much of a systemic threat this is for black men on our streets across the nation. Moving along, Planned Parenthood has sued to block a new Kansas law that requires health care providers to inform patients about the possibility of reversing medication abortions. The lawsuit challenges the law's unsupported claim and older mandates linking abortion to breast cancer. The U.S. National Cancer Institute found no evidence of such a link. The medication abortion reversal bill was passed by Kansas Republican lawmakers in April, despite objections from the state's Democratic governor. Planned Parenthood argues that the law violates medical ethics, patient autonomy, and doctors' free speech rights. Look, you know, this... Uh, fight for women's reproductive rights is going to take many different forms, and this is one very important form. Uh, you know, the right uh, for women to be able to, uh, you know, pursue their reproductive health, including uh, by use of medications like this, um, is a part of the fight for our time. When Roe versus Wade was struck down, you know, by uh, the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, you know that. Uh, 
uh, you know, was a gut punch, quite frankly, to a lot of folks that have been fighting a long time to advance women's reproductive freedom. Uh, and, you know, the one sort of area, you know, that women have been able to continue to rely on is, is, is this sort of medication-induced uh, uh, abortions. And, you know, that is under attack as well. And so, you know, what's happening in Kansas is happening everywhere. And we've got to make sure we keep our eye on it. Well, speaking of what's happening uh, everywhere, Black Men Vote launched a national campaign to register one million black male voters by November 2024. The Strength in Numbers initiative partners with community leaders and organizations like Rock the Vote and Microsoft. It aims to expand African-American male voter participation and change the electoral landscape. The campaign targets black men aged 18 to 35 and builds on previous outreach efforts. Black Men Vote believes that empowering black men through voting will benefit families and communities. And Good Times actor John Amos denies daughter's allegations of elder abuse and financial crimes during his hospitalization. Shannon Amos claimed that he was a victim of exploitation and his home was stripped of valuable items. However, Amos refutes these claims, stating that they are untrue and that he is not being abused or in a life-threatening condition. He expressed confusion over his daughter starting a GoFundMe. Representatives explained that his hospitalization was due to fluid accumulation in his lower body, which led to heart complications. Fortunately, the fluid was drained and he is now feeling much, much better. All right, soulmates, still ahead, the effects of the Canadian wildfires has impacted the air quality for many across the U.S. When we return, Dr. Renee Smith returns to show us how to help keep our family safe during this time. You're watching Foxhole's Black Report. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Foxhole's Black Report. Well, millions of Americans in the Midwest and Northeast are experiencing hazy skies and significant air pollution caused by smoke from the Canadian wildfires. Experts warn that poorer communities and people of color who already face higher particle pollution risk are being disproportionately impacted. A study by the Harvard University Chan School of Public Health highlights disparities in air pollution along racial and economic lines. Climate change worsens these vulnerabilities, and Canadian fire officials struggle to control these wildfires, raising concerns about prolonged poor air quality. The human role in increasing fire occurrences threatens those most likely to be affected by the smoke. And guess what? Today, we have Dr. Renee Matthews, an asthma and allergy expert, joining us again. However, this time to discuss the impact the impact, the impact of the smoke from the Canadian wildfire on human health, particularly within the black community. We will delve into the potential health risk associated with the wildfires and learn when it's crucial to seek medical attention. Welcome to the show, Dr. Renee. Thanks for joining us here again on Fox Souls Black Report. Thank you for having me. Please excuse that pesky little fly that wouldn't leave me alone. Um, and, and so, Dr. Renee, I've got to ask you to explain how the smoke from Canadian wildfires can affect human health, especially for folks in our community, in the black community. So I don't have to say that, unfortunately, respiratory issues plague the black community, specifically asthma. So the wildfire smoke contains fine particles and all sorts of toxic pollutants that once ingested and breathed, and if you breathe them in, they irritate the respiratory system. So that can cause coughing, wheezing, shortness of breath, chest pain, and of course, exacerbations to asthma or anyone with a pre-existing respiratory condition. And then of course, we also often have heart problems. And so the fine particles in the wildfire can get into your bloodstream causing inflammation, leading to increased risk of heart attacks and strokes. And anyone with any type of pre-existing heart condition, this is gonna be especially difficult for you. 
Also, your eye, nose, and throat irritation. So the smoke from the fires can cause redness, itching, watery eyes, sore throat, congestion, and runny nose. Um, of course, this is going to aggravate anyone with a chronic condition. So that's asthma, COPD, which is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, allergies. Those people are going to lead to more frequent ex exacerbations because of this. Unfortunately, of course, there's a mental health aspect as well because people are being displaced, loss of homes, they're concerned about what the air quality and, of course, causing post-traumatic stress disorder as well as depression and distress. And our vulnerable populations, we often always think about the seniors, but also this is also affecting children as well as pregnant women and people who are immunocompromised already. So, Dr. Renee, as the smoke drifts and impacts different regions, um, where is it headed next? And, and is it really that dangerous? I mean, it's smoke. Is it really that dangerous? It is because of the fine particles and the gases and the toxic pollutants that are in this, in this air. That is why it is so dangerous. And unfortunately, it's headed to the Great Lakes. I know Detroit um, is probably going to see worse air quality today and tomorrow. And so, um, so yeah, that's the direction it's moving. The New Yorkers, actually, their air is starting to clear up. It's not looking, I said, that sepia color. It's not looking like that anymore in New York. So it is moving to the Great Lakes. So, Dr. Renee, what are the common symptoms that individuals may experience due to exposure to wildfire smoke? And, and how can people, how can our soulmates differentiate between normal discomfort and symptoms that require medical attention? So, nausea, chest pain or tightness, wheezing or whistling sound when you breathe, headaches, shortness of breath, coughing more than a light or a dry cough, and dizziness. So if you experience any of that and you have been outside or you've had your windows open, then you have probably taken in some of this air and you're starting to be affected and you should definitely talk to your doctor. And Dr. Renee, are there any unique health concerns or vulnerabilities that, that should be considered in relation to the wildfire smoke exposure? Well, definitely the asthmatics need to be, the asthmatics as well, as well as people with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease need to really be on alert because we already have breathing trouble. So breathing in these particles that you can't see, you can't see this stuff in the air, breathing in that is going to definitely exacerbate your condition. So you want to make sure that you are taking really good care of yourself and taking all your medications, making sure that you've refilled all your prescriptions. There's been horrible drug shortages this year. And so the medication shortages were already bad. So you can imagine now that this is going from the East Coast to the Midwest. Mm -hmm. It's uh, quite a pull on the pharmaceuticals to get these meds out. I know I have a number of asthmatics in my family. I'm sure a lot of our soulmates are also asthmatics. As an asthma and allergy expert, what specific advice or recommendations do you have for folks with asthma or allergies or who may be particularly vulnerable to the effects of the wildfire smoke and, and in order to effectively manage their conditions and mitigate any kind of potential exacerbations during this time, what advice do you have for them? Carry your rescue inhaler. Do not leave home without it. And also, of course, if you have to be outside, definitely make sure you wear a mask. Um, and like I said before, please make sure that you have all of your medications because you need to make sure that you have taken all your medications. Most of us are on preventative medicine, so you want to make sure that you're keeping up with that so that you, just in case you do take something in, hopefully you've had enough medication that'll, it'll um, treat that. And Dr. Renee, are there, are there any preventative measures or actions that our soulmates can take to minimize the health risk? associated with the smoke. We're worried about our, our soulmates. And so yes. the smoke from the wildfires, you know, what's your advice to our soulmates? If you can stay indoors, I know that is not possible for many of us. We have to get to work. So if you are gonna go outside, wear an N95 or a KN95 mask um, when you go outside. Use HEPA filters in your house if you can. Um, HEPA filters are high efficiency partic partic particulate air filters and they'll remove a lot of those fine particles from the smoke. Also, turn your air conditioner on, but put it on the recirculate mode. So even if you're in your car, you know that's got that little uh, elliptical kind of a circle thing, put it on the recirculate mode so you're not bringing the air into the, in, any outside air into your car. 
and avoid physical activity outdoors. Any activity where you're gonna be heavy breathing, if you're running or exercising outdoors, you're gonna take in more of that air. So you wanna you know, stay away from doing that. All great information. And, and where can our soulmates check the local air quality until the ghost is clear? Where, where can we go uh, to figure that out? So there's an amazing website, airgov.now and it is from the EPA, and you just put in your zip code and it'll tell you the air quality for where you're located, and it will also tell you who should be on alert. Like, it has already stated that city of Detroit, um, people like myself with asthma, need to be on alert today and tomorrow. So it's a really great website, and they're keeping it up to date. Our thanks to Dr. Renee Matthews for joining us here again on Fox Soul's Black Report, you are uh, saving a lot of lives and preventing a whole lot of discomfort while we figure out uh, how to get back to better air quality. Thank you, Dr. Renee. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. The CDC has discovered Bocholderia pseudomyia, a bacteria with a fatality rate of approximately 50% along the Gulf Coast. The bacteria can cause the potentially fatal disease, melodosius, if left untreated. Three cases of infection have been reported, with Mississippi being the most affected state. The bacteria primarily spreads through open wounds and inhalation during windstorms and can also be contracted through contaminated water. Those with underlying conditions, underlying health conditions like diabetes or kidney problems are particularly vulnerable. The CDC warns that the disease is often misdiagnosed and urges awareness and caution. Up next, more focus is being placed on the mental health of our youth. We'll tell you which lawmakers are putting in work and what we can expect to see later this year. You're watching Fox Hole's Black Report. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Foxhole's Black Report. Well, it's no secret that the mental health crisis bubbling up among young people exploded during the pandemic, and now Congress is looking at ways to fix it. Fox's Lilina Wu looks at the groups that are at high risk and what's impacting the mental health of kids. It is no great secret that in America today we have a mental health crisis. The mental health crisis that was growing among young people exploded during the pandemic, and now Congress is looking at ways to fix it. The Senate holding a hearing Thursday to examine the causes and solutions, but it won't be easy. According to the CDC, almost a third of teenagers report the state of their mental health is poor, with two out of five saying they felt persistently sad or hopeless, and one out of five seriously considering suicide. Instead of building trusting, healthy and strong relationships with their friends, their teachers, their mentors. An increasing number of our kids are turning to their phones. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy identifying two main drivers of the crisis, a new epidemic of loneliness and isolation and increasing use of social media among young people. He's recommending new health and safety standards paired with data transparency requirements, as well as new investments in school-based programs that help kids manage their mental health. It's about fulfilling our most sacred responsibility to care for our children and to secure a better future for them. Republican lawmakers are pushing back on those suggestions, claiming more regulation and federal funding is not the answer. Congress can't solve this on its own. Throwing money at an issue without accountability is not the solution. In 2021, suicide was the second leading cause of death among young people in the U.S. In New York, Lillian Wu, Fox News. I think it's important that, that we take this seriously. I mean, you know, while the darkest days of the pandemic may, be, may be behind us, the effects of that pandemic still continue. And, you know, while adults may have a few more tools, a few more extra tools in our toolbox to manage our health from the neck up and neck down, we can't expect that kids have, have that same toolbox. And so uh, I think it's an extraordinary measure that the U.S. Surgeon General is calling attention to this. And we know that you know, there are studies that say that social media uh, plays a role in the mental health uh, of kids. 
and we've got to do something about it. I mean, when I think about some of the suicide rates that we're seeing among youth, particularly black youth, we should be alarmed. We need to be doing more. We need to be checking in and checking on uh, one another a bit more often because uh, there are a lot of folks out there that don't have the same tools um, or maybe even the same access that some of us may have. And so uh, that story that just ran is just another example, another reminder uh, of what work we all have to do together as soulmates. Moving along, Don Lemon has landed his first job since being fired from CNN. The former news anchor has been booked to host Emil Wilbekin's seventh annual Native Son Award on June 16th in New York. Page Six reported this, and so y'all know this is this is serious business. Uh, Wilbekin is a journalist and founder of Native Son, now an organization dedicated to empowering black gay men with positive representation and business opportunities. Lemon won't be the only upstanding member of the LGBTQ plus community at this year's awards. The honorees include Tony nominee Jordan E. Cooper, P. Valley star Nico Anand, producers Patrick Ian Polk, and Chester Arginal Gordon, and filmmaker Elegance Bratton, as well as hedge fund founder James Cole Jr. and Pastor Bishop O.C. Allen. We also can't forget about activists Rashad Burgess, celebrity stylist Jason Bolden, and interior designer Adair Curtis. It is going to be the place to be, and I will be right there in New York uh, as I am on the board of Native Sun, uh, full disclosure. Uh, but uh, it's an incredible organization, an incredible celebration of black gay men, black queer men um, in media and across industries. Uh, and I think it says a lot that Don Lemon, of all the things he could be doing, um, he's decided that, you know, his first uh, booking, if you will, as a host is going to be at the Native Sun Awards. Um, it's going to be a great place to be. I should also mention Coleman Domingo is being honored uh, at uh, the Native Sun Awards. And so uh, lots of really distinguished folks uh, that are, are leading. Uh, and, you know, I just want to call attention to something that Emil Wilbekin said when he announced uh, that Don Lemon would be hosting. He reminded us uh, that Don is one of the most visible black gay men in media and that his presence reinforces the importance and impact of the community. And so, you know, no small feat, you know, sitting in the anchor chair for as long as he did at CNN. I'm sure there's a lot of good things to come. Uh, but. Uh, I'm looking forward to celebrating Pride Month in New York City on June 16th uh, in community with Native Son. So y'all should check it out. Moving along, Savannah James, NBA wife of LeBron James, is investing in her husband's tequila business, providing that she is a quiet storm. Yeah, Savannah, who is private on most fronts, is an accomplished businesswoman on top of being a mother to their three children. LeBron Jr., Bronny, as we all like to know, uh, and then Bryce and Zuri as well. In a recent feature uh, for The Cut, James detailed a few of her business pursuits, including Lobos Tequila, the independent spirits company Lobos 1707, launched in 2020 with LeBron James as an early backer. Savannah James further shared that she invested in a Web3 startup called Lockerverse and a natural deodorant company called Nez. Her first business was The Juice Spot, according to Afrotech, and The Juice Shop was in Miami during LeBron's time with the Miami Heat. Uh, it served cold-pressed juices, acai bowls, and oatmeal bowls, uh, among other healthy bites. Uh, when asked about her future endeavors, she told The Cut, Quotes, definitely have some passion projects I'm working on, uh, one of which is with a partner, one of which is on my own, and I'm super excited about them. The story of African-American men who became the first U.S. paramedics are being honored. Yeah, the book American Sirens, the incredible story of the black men who became America's first paramedics, was one of 12 works honored by the 74th annual Christopher Awards. 24 young black men living in Pittsburgh's Hill District in the 1960s and 70s became paramedics during the civil rights movement. The book, telling their story, received a Christopher Award this year. 
According to Mercer University's The Den, uh, the author of the book, a nursing student at Mercer University, Kevin Hazard, said that, quote, these young men were plucked from a neighborhood that the rest of Pittsburgh and America thought very little of and stepped up at a great time of need. You know, this is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite stories. Uh, we've reported on this story before here on Foxhole's Black Report. Uh, and it's just another reminder of why it's so important to tell our history. You know, this is the kind of history that gets buried unless we unearth it, unless we share it. You know, there's oral history, there's written history, uh, and this story should be a, a part of both of them. And I hope one day to see it on the silver screen because the story is that good. Just happening right there in Pittsburgh. You know, and like so many great stories, these were just everyday people that saw uh, a problem in their community and decided to do something about it. And it's because they did that that our 911 emergency services across the US is better for it, right? And so, you know, again, you know, when we think about the contributions of our fellow Americans, particularly our fellow black folks, this is a story that we should absolutely be proud about. And so congratulations to them on this award. More to come. Moving along, in his first town hall on gun violence prevention, Orlando Congressman Maxwell Frost expressed how he needs the community's help to save lives. Community members, families of shooting victims, and local leaders joined him in the Carver Shores neighborhood just Thursday night to discuss how they plan to fight the deadly problem. Our friends at Fox Orlando have the story. The greatest definition of justice has nothing to do with putting people behind bars and everything to do with ensuring it never happens again. That's Congressman Maxwell Frost addressing a crowd in Orlando at his town hall. He and a panel of other local leaders answered questions submitted by the audience. The desire for answers and for change is what drew people in. Nothing's gonna happen overnight. Dominic Major lost his niece, nine-year-old Tiana Major, to gun violence in February. She was shot in Pine Hills along with her mother, a news crew, and another woman. We want to be in the, in the community and we want to make sure that we are a voice for change. So we'll be here. Others in attendance were there to learn about the bills working through Congress right now. For instance, Frost now has 70 co-sponsors on his bill to create an Office of Gun Violence Prevention with the DOJ. I'm a Second Amendment person, but I see a lot of room for things that can be tightened up. That's why we're here to find a solution to keep the kids off the street. Frost says he hopes to focus on the question of how to prevent gun violence before it happens. And all too often in government, we like to talk about reactionary legislation. But when we talk about gun violence, after that happens, the people have already died. The takeaway from the town hall is that there is no one solution. Stopping gun violence also means addressing poverty and mental health issues. And congratulations to uh, Representative Frost for leading the way on an issue that we report on day in and day out right here on Fox Soul's Black Report. When we think about the epidemic of gun violence, it's not something that's abstract. You know, it's something that is clear and present. It's a, it represents a clear and present danger in our communities across the country. And so it's good to see a member of Congress, particularly one of the youngest members of Congress, leading the way. 70 co-sponsors of this bill to create an office of gun violence prevention. That's no small feat. And as I think about the work that Representative Frost is leading. I can't help but think about some of the work that Vice President Kamala Harris is leading, where she's in the Caribbean right now, and she announced the creation of a special DOJ prosecutor uh, that's going to be charged, you know, with focusing in on the issue of gun trafficking from the Caribbean into the United States. And so these are just two examples, you know, of our elected leaders doing what we've elected them to do to help everyday people and to address the epidemic of gun violence in creative ways. You know, short of passing an assault weapons ban, you know, short of uh, being the ultimate check on the grip that the NRA has on members of Congress, uh, these are some things that we can still do. And so it's good to see our people leading the way uh, on an issue that is not abstract to us at all. Coming up, from the king of breakfast foods to the king of late night menus. We'll tell you which fast food chain is looking to have Uncle Snoop 
create the munchie meal. You're watching Foxhole's Black Report. We'll be right back. Look at that struggle. We see you, Uncle Snoop. Welcome back to Foxhole's Black Report. Okay, time now for our celebrity and entertainment headlines. And on Fridays, y'all know we like to have just a little bit more fun with these stories. So here to join in on the conversation is the very funny Mark Prince. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Foxhole's Black Report. How you doing, brother? What up, man? How y'all doing? Doing well, doing well. All right, so... Well, thank you. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. So, so let's get right into these stories. Uh, uh, here's the first one right here. So you've probably seen a burglar wear a ski mask as a disguise before, but how about a box? Yeah, a box. That's just what a thief in Florida did. Police say that the man broke into a phone repair store on Saturday in Miami Gardens wearing a box on his head. Yeah, he smashed into glass displays, and police say he stole $30,000 worth of merchandise. But turns out, a box doesn't make for a good disguise. Just doesn't work. The box fell off. <laughs> it fell off the man's head, showing his face, and police later arrested 33-year-old Claude Vincent Griffin Jr. on burglary, grand theft, and resisting arrest charges. What say you, Mark? I say that that was a great idea. I got me one. Understand that? I'm tired of you people going in there and robbing people with the butt naked face. You just butt naked going in there. No, put a box on your head. Like, oh boy. Look, this is a great disguise. I'm invisible. It's like Roblox when you play with your kid. You put a box on your Roblox. Look, I'm invisible. <laughs> what, what, what was it? Was it the movie Friday where Smokey got fired for stealing boxes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's so I don't know if this is the, the, the sequel, if this is the pilot to the sequel of Friday that he's trying to shoot. I don't know what's going on, but somebody should have told his brother, come you on. You know man. what I would have least at least what I would have done? I would have drew another face on the box. <laughs> it would have been somebody else's face. <laughs> Like maybe Mr. Potato Head, somebody like that. I don't know. Anything, anything but your face. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, the iconic singer, Barbara Streisand, she's showing that she's more down with the culture than we thought. Who knew? Yes. Babs. This week, the singer decided to use lyrics from the famous hip-hop rapper Memphis Bleak to diss Donald Trump. Trump is going to be indicted for uh, stealing classified documents. He is going crazy with his tweets right now, urging his his uh, cult of followers to fight. We remember what happened on January 6th. The strong are quiet. The weak start riots. Rapper Memphis Bleak. Well, she wrote on Twitter, uh, that's what she wrote on Twitter, and her knowledge of rap quickly became a trending topic. Mark, uh, <clears throat> you know, are, are you uh, retweeting this from uh, the Barbara Streisand? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, she might. My ex-girlfriend and everything, so, you know, I used to date Babs. You know, I call her Babs Bunny, you know. And, um, matter of fact, I got this off of her dresser this morning. This right, this is from Babs' dresser right here. Just, I just thought I'd come and bring you all proof that I, I, I date Bob Streisand. And so it's not a stretch because she's quoting me meals because I play all the time around the house. And she's like, you know, who is that? You know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yo, yeah, that's, you know. So. We love it. We, we, Mark, we love the show and tell. I don't know what else you have, <laughs> wherever you're at, but we are loving uh, the show and tell. I'm at Soul Folks in Lemur Park, Los Angeles. So, you know, so let me ask you this: you know, if if you were to to diss somebody the way that the way that Barbara Streisand just dissed Donald Trump, what song would you use? Um, move, itch, get out the way. <laughs> okay. Don't use that. Okay, all right, a classic, all right. Uh, it's good for almost everything. <laughs> Moving along, this week we told Soulmates about Snoop Dogg's new cereal, but now he's teamed up with a fast food chain to have his own meal. Uncle Snoop is partnered with Jack in the Box to release the debut Munchie Meal. Yeah, the fast food company took to Twitter to, to take a poll from fans they questioned 
they uh, they posed the question that they posed was should I put Snoop Dogg in charge to promote the new late night menu? I will abide by the results. Well, the results are in and 92.2% of customers want Snoop to be in charge, while folks on Twitter joke that the other 7% that voted no doesn't smoke weed. <laughs> did, did, uh, now, how did you vote, Mark? It's, it's a safe, it's a safe yes, space. It's a safe space. Tell the people. Right here of the new Snoop Dogg meal. It is delicious. It comes in the doggy bowl. Oh, uh, Lord. Snoop, you are a This is good. <laughs> it, you know, it's so interesting to me that, that that Snoop is like he's in this food game like like no other. I mean, he has a wine line, and you know uh, now he has these these the Snoop cereal that's available, other breakfast items, and now potentially you know the Munchie Meal over a Jack in a Box. I don't know how, I, I think, how Snoop stays so svelte while being so uh, uh, you know involved in in the food game. I think more of us black folks should follow suit. Yeah. We should be in the food game. I we think should right. definitely take our money and invest. If you get them reparations, put it in the food game. Follow Uncle Snoop. That is a smart plan, and black people needed to be in the food game for a long time. I mean, we agricultural professionals. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, former G-Unit rapper Young Buck is set to sell his music catalog to pay back the money he owes 50 Cent and other creditors. The move comes three years after Buck filed for bankruptcy in 2020. Songfest, which is a brokerage firm specializing in music royalties, valuates Young Buck's catalog at $750,000. The Shorty Wanna Ride rapper's entire catalog reportedly includes performances and mechanical and publishing royalties, as well as song copyrights. By selling his catalog, Young Buck will be able to pay his creditors, including the $250,000 he reportedly still owes 50 cents. Is that a good deal, Mark? You think it's a good deal? That is a horrible deal. <laughs> Black people have fought for years to get out of slavery and fought for years to stay away from slavery. Now Young Buck is back out there picking cotton. Oh, Lord. But you're going to have to get yourself out of slavery, brother. Um, I don't know how you found that deal with 50 cents. And I heard he got a new truck. Then 50 Cent found out about and 50 Cent said, I want that truck, too. And his daughter got a new bicycle. 50 Cent took that, too. Oh, my goodness gracious. The, your props now, are, your props are endless, dollar, Mark. Right? What's that? Buck. Buck means a dollar, right? Uh-huh. If he doesn't have any dollars, didn't he like to change his name to Young Bro? So, 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 Mark... How should he pay back 50 cents? Because it doesn't sound like he got two pennies, let alone a buck. And so how should he pay back 50 if he doesn't go through with this deal? Um, He's going to have to carry 50 bags for the rest of his life. Reading is fundamental, people. I know this isn't breaking news. Another rapper went broke. But while you writing your rhymes, open up the discourse and learn some words before you sign that contract. This goes to, out to all you young kids out there that want to be rappers and this, that, and the other. Read your contract or get your daddy to read your contract. I look like, well, I ain't got no daddy. You can find him. You can find him. And he'll read it. That's right. That's right. Because, you know, our intellectual property is very valuable. It always has been. It always will be. And, and I agree with you. I mean, $750,000 for all of that, it, it almost seems like he's, like he's giving away his art on clearance. But I, I also heard that he has to give up, like, his show money. So, like, when he goes and performs, he has to give that up, too. Mm, I don't know about that. Young, so, young, young yeah, Buck, what, you, what you said about intellectual property, black folks, you got to remember, we have melanin. So our melanin excites our brain. And we come up with all kind of great ideas. All kind of great. So your intellectual property, man, you better get it, grab it, hold on to it, and don't let nobody get it, like Michael Jackson. Moving along, Tupac Shakur is posthumously honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. 
His sister yes, accepted sir. the star on his behalf nearly 27 years since his death. I can't believe it's been that long. My gosh. The star was presented in the recording category. Tupac sold more than 75 million records worldwide, and his music continues to gain millions of streams every year. Tupac died in 1996 at the age of 25 after a drive-by shooting. Mark, I've got to ask you, uh, will you be paying a visit uh, to the new Tupac star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? For paying a visit, I sent you guys over some pictures. I was there. Oh, really? So, well, do tell. I I was cordially invited uh, to the unveiling of the star, and it was everything you would wish and ask for. Um, I told one of my brothers when I, you know, after it was over with, and he said, this is his quote, Mark, you just walked into thug heaven. Oh, wow. And I said, you know what? I did. I walked into thug heaven. It was peaceful. It was great. That's me right there. Um, it was peaceful. It was great. It was long overdue. It was meaningful. Everybody had great kinmanship. The police did not want to be there. I asked them straight up. <laughs> like, do you even listen to Tupac? They were mad. They didn't want to be there. They didn't want to have to do the security and all that. What up, Mike Epps? And it was it was just overall one million percent a beautiful thing. And it was long overdue. And I would like to add, if y'all don't remember. Tupac Shakur is now the first and only official Black Panther from the Black Panther Party star on the Walk of Fame because he's a member of the Black Panther. So he's the only Black Panther that has a star on the Walk of Fame. Check that out. Wow. Look, look at you dropping, you know, Black History gems right here on Fox Souls Black Report. We love it. We love it. And thanks for, right. for, for taking us to the scene uh, where uh, the great Tupac Shakur was honored on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So many thanks to you, Mark, for joining us yes. here and going through these headlines. But before we let you go, tell our soulmates what's new with you and you know what can we expect uh, coming up in the near future? Well, um, I have a clothing store with my brother, Akil. It's called Soul Folks. You can see that right here. That's the name. These are a pair of the shoes that we designed, African-American shoes. It's called Ben Free. You would love these. Check it out on soulfolks.com. That's what I've been building besides with my money, besides doing my comedy. But I would absolutely like to give a very special shout out to one of your executive producers over there at Fox. So, at which, Fox. Which one? Um, Neil Anderson. Like, I watch her show. She's always great. You're always great. She's always bringing us the news that's for us that, that we want to hear. And I just want to say that you guys overall are doing a fabulous job. But that Neil Anderson, y'all got, I absolutely love what she brings to the station, to the platform, as well as you. Like, you guys are doing a stupendous job. That's my shout out for you. Well, well, we love everything you're doing, Mark Prince, and I wear a size 12, just letting you know. Hey, come see us in Lamert Park. I'm going to cruise right by. You're around the corner from KBLA, and so I will absolutely be there. Thank you for joining us, and, and come back again soon. Thank you for the kind words, brother. Thank you. Up next, it's our favorite segment of the show, Black Excellence, and we're talking about the work that Kevin Hart is doing to give back to the community. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Fox Soul's Black Report. Well, comedian and entrepreneur Kevin Hart and his tequila brand have joined forces with a national nonprofit organization to provide small businesses with a grant to help support their dreams and goals. Local initiatives support corporation, that's LISC, L-I-S-C. Uh, they've teamed up with Hart and his, his, uh, his uh, partner, Cran Coromino, there we go. Uh, he's his tequila partner, as well as Juan Domingo Beckman, as well as uh, Global Brand Equities uh, uh, to launch the Coromino Fund. Yeah, the fund is an initiative formed to help uplift and support small black and Latinx owned businesses, specifically those that have been marginalized and prevented from gaining access to necessary capital and resources 
to help with their business growth. And, you know, it's good to see uh, Mr. Hart uh, really rocking uh, this new black owned business. It's great to see, you know, him involved in another industry. Uh, so, you know, we're so used to seeing, you know, the Netflix specials with Kevin Hart. We're so used to seeing, you know, um, a lot of other sort of product endorsements. But, you know, he is getting in on the spirits uh, and beverage industry. And we love to see it. You know, we've reported on, you know, folks like Jay-Z and Snoop Dogg, you know, and so many other folks sort of getting in on that. And so... Uh, it's so good uh, to see Kevin Hart also a part of that. E40, we reported on E40 being a part uh, of uh, these pioneers, you know, that are really going where uh, we haven't seen black folks venture into before. Uh, and uh, they are making a lot of money doing it and turning a lot of heads and hopefully inspiring a lot of uh, our soulmates along the way. Well, one teen is celebrating the tip of his lifetime for having a goof attitude. 16-year-old Raheem Lumpkin received a $2,500 tip while working at Pizza Ranch in Independence, Missouri. He says, to be honest, I was speechless. Uh, that right there showed me that there's more people in the world that really care for me. The generous customer who left the tip was identified as Robert Samay. Samay visited the restaurant before and left Lumpkins a $5 tip. The customer returned to the restaurant with a gift for the hardworking teenager one month later. Samay said, quote, I appreciate your hard work, your good smile, your good attitude. We don't get that nowadays, especially with young kids. And so congratulations to him on that's one heck of a tip. You know, uh, you know, I never earned a tip for twenty five hundred dollars, but I always like to think that I had a good attitude. And one of the things that my dad used to say to me and my brothers as we were growing up is that your attitude will determine your altitude. And so we see that in full display uh, in this story. And so congratulations to him. And uh don't spend all that $2,500 in one place. <laughs> all right, that's all we got there for the full rundown on today's stories and more. You can access Fox Soul's video on demand on any of our partners. You can even access past shows and other Black-centered content. And don't forget to download Fox Soul's app. It's absolutely free. What? Free. F-R-E-E. -E. That's right. I want to thank all of you for uh, tuning in today. Uh, we will be back again next week. But in the meantime, have a great weekend and stay lifted.